Hello and welcome to episode 225 of the IABC International Podcast. My name's Dan Gold and on this episode, Ritzy Ronquillo took some time out of her busy schedule to connect with me from the Philippines. We talked about her journey into the fellowship of IABC. Communication for me has always been a passion. And when I did decide I would go into it, I just knew it was where I should be. I just knew it would be a lifelong profession, a vocation, something that I would always want to continue learning. I personally have been asked so many questions about the 2020 IABC Virtual World Conference that I was relieved to find a brilliant FAQ section on wc.iabc.com. There is everything from the pricing of this year's online event to the important recognition of the 2020 IABC Gold Quill Award winners and the great news that the 2021 in-person IABC World Conference is scheduled to be in New York City and more details are promised soon. Oh, whilst you're on the IABC World Conference website, look at the amazing list of speakers. I'm hoping over the next few episodes we'll be able to catch up with some before their sessions. And now for our feature interview. Ritzy, thank you so much for joining us here on the IABC International Podcast. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be able to join you and to share conversations with you from across the other part of the world. As we record this, how is it in the Philippines today? The Philippines is uh, now undergoing its summer. It's summertime, so um, this is the time when people are out on the beaches. We have beautiful beaches. We have great sunlight here, but of course we are going through what everyone else in the world is going through now. Uh, We are under quarantine, but that doesn't stop us from caring for each other and making sure that families are together and that people are cared for. So uh, we're in the part of Asia where we have different nationalities, ethnicities here. This is a place where we have a good convergence of different cultures. So actually, I I always would like to plug that if any of you find your way here to Asia, Philippines is a place of hospitality and the tropical, tropical weather and good people. I have friends from the Philippines and they are some of the most joyful people that I know. And when they uh, go back home once every couple of years, they're very kind to share uh, photos of where they grew up and some of the more tourist areas where people come and visit and then some of the business centers. And it's absolutely on my list to visit once we have flights again, once we have international travel and, and uh, uh, the world has moved on from this, uh, this dark time. Um, just before I go on to the reason that we're speaking today, as a seasoned communication professional, 
How have you seen the challenge of communicating to different parts of society, the necessity to socially distance, to uh, take care of yourselves and each other? Well, people in this part of the world, especially in Asia, are very comfortable with in-person events. Uh, We are big on affinity, on meeting people, on being with people. So this uh, social distancing actually is something really different from what we're used to. But because of its importance and significance to the times, we are doing the best we can to comply with it. Our our very culture is uh, we have families, we have uh, friends that we bring together. We're very um, Hispanic in a way because we've had an influence of Spain here. Uh, we are also very much into family. And so holidays here is a time when everybody comes together and we look through generations and generations of people. So this is a time when we are turning to technology and we appreciate it very much because it enables us to keep in touch. We're very savvy here in terms of mobile communication, in terms of emails, in terms of text. And now we're discovering that it's wonderful to be able to see each other either by audio, like this conversation that we're having, or via video, say, on Viber or on Google Hangout or on Zoom, etc., etc. In fact, it now brings to the front the skill of face-to-face communication, however, on a different platform. So the skill of communicating your authentic self, your fireside chat style, is now coming into play. And so with um, the times now, people are turning to still keeping in touch with each other. But this time with a new technology, with the online virtual way of doing things. Just on that, do you think that recognizing and identifying the skill of the ability to have those more relaxed, more casual conversations while still being able to deliver the the key messages, the important things, and focusing on the audience has really come to the fore rather than structured um, corporate messaging, point A, point B, point C, deliver, measure. It's become far more the the personable relationship is actually where we're engaging in a meaningful way with people. Yes, I think we're beginning to see the nuances of the medium. As a communicator, whenever we would talk with our clients or with teams or with business leaders, we had to find time to really define this type of medium is When you go on this medium, this is what it's good at. This is what uh, you should be like. And at this point, when there is the medium that we really now turn to is virtual, is online. So there are ways to do it. So it's actually, well, I'm a broadcast major. 
So now I'm returning somehow to the basics that were taught to us in the academe, which is like podcasts are radio broadcasting, need radio broadcasting skills. You, are, you have to be articulate, you have to have substance, uh, no dead air, and you have to feel the person's sincerity, the, the person's credibility solely with the voice, the voice inflection, and how you structure your content is important. Now, when you turn to video, then there's the skill of television, actually. That's how I look at it. Television as a very personal um, close-up medium where you now see the face of the person uh, up close rather than, say, giving a talk in front of 1,000 people in a conference or um, just by uh, meeting a person one-on-one. This time, you can now be broadcast again and you, there will be many people who can see you. And now this time, you have to tailor fit whatever it is you look like, you say, to the medium. So I think that that's very basic, the nuance of the medium. And I remember telling also some of uh, the persons who would ask for some advice, I'd say, there's some people who are made out for certain media. So one person who's most articulate would be best on a podcast or a radio program, while other people have that added X factor, that that look on their face that convinces, even if they don't say much. So that person maybe would be good with video. And then there are those who are good in both. So then that would be a joy to have them actually. So this time, for me, everything that happens has a reason. And everything that happens, we should pick up the message there. And as communicators, we roll with the punches. We love the gray areas. We help people define those gray areas and make things work and happen, make things mean something. And I think this is a good time for communicators. I couldn't agree more. There are opportunities and I would say responsibilities as professional communicators that we have to enhance build social cohesion through meaningful communication and engagement, not just tokenism, but communicating with people from the point of view of really addressing what matters, what the priorities are, and how we can help things progress. It's also showing people in a different light. For example, I was in a webinar where there were some public leaders who were there. In usual, normal times, then they would go on TV, probably they would be speaking from a list of bullet points, and the way they would say it would probably be well-crafted. But because it was a, a webinar where now you're now not in your usual place, you're probably doing it from your home. So it's a completely different environment. And so that person who was there was more personable. Um, That person spoke. You could sense that it was like a fireside chat. He was just speaking, and but still speaking with facts, but you could feel more heart. So I think 
it's bringing out the authenticity and sincerity in people because you're now more um, earnest in the medium. You can't read something that's too structured and too crafted um, and appear like you're credible and sincere. Because if you have a laptop in front of you, it's your face right there. And there's no director telling you to look to camera there and camera there. And no one to tell you, cut, uh, let's take it again. This time, it's really who you are. And that's what this whole thing, I think, is teaching us. What Before this whole pandemic struck, I remember during most of my talks, whether for professionals or students, I kept saying the word authenticity, that it has to come through. But if you're giving a talk, say, in a huge hall convention, you don't see much of a close-up unless there's a camera right right there taking an extreme close-up or a medium shot and projecting you on a huge LED screen. But this time, because we're using the medium that we're using today, your face is really seen. You can't be seen as a little bit, a little bit of a person on a on a small screen. So people are going to go more close-up, medium medium shot. Probably uh, they might even catch you at your most um, normal moment. It's it's not like before when things could be a little bit more crafted. That's at least what I'm seeing now. Since I was in broadcasting and and your education has uh, the broadcast background, since I was in broadcasting from the 90s onwards, end of the 90s onwards, I said to people, don't underestimate the power of conversation rather than message delivery. Because in media terms, we get into this position where we train people to answer specific questions in a specific style or to, or to then bridge to a message, which is a, an important skill. But one of the important things is generally in the media interview setting, there are going to be a limited number of follow-up questions. Yet in a conversation, the natural cadence that we have is that of forwards and backwards, follow-up, evolution, tangents, uh, not knowing where it's going to go, but but bringing it around to a core reason that you're speaking and that authenticity. But Ritzy, we could talk about this all day. Today, this podcast, this podcast is about you. Uh, In a career spanning almost four decades, you have become not just an influencer, but a catalyst for advancing the profession and elevating the standards of professionalism in practice within the Philippines and beyond, I would uh, would say. Uh, You are a respected international voice of the communication profession whose path of involvement with IABC is truly inspiring. Uh, with mentorship leading to volunteer growth and advancement to leadership roles locally, regionally, and internationally. Uh, Congratulations on uh, your recognition as uh, one of the new cohort, the intake of IABC fellows. For anyone who has been watching your IABC career uh, in parallel to your professional career and your volunteerism, you have given so much to the industry internationally. Um, Ritzy, what does it mean to you personally to be recognized as an IABC fellow? I described it when I first 
was informed. I said, it's the stuff that dreams are made of. I never really quite uh, thought of this day. For me, every single day in the profession has always been giving of one's best. Every day has to be the best. But I also realized with eyes wide open that not every day is a good day. There will be difficult times. And in fact, the, the first Gold Quill Award I won for the company, I helped our company win that time, was not for a happy moment, but it was because of a near crisis moment. So communication for me has always been a passion. And when I did decide I would go into it, I just knew it was where I should be. I just knew it would be a lifelong profession, a vocation, something that I would always want to continue learning in. So it's really been a, it's really a great honor. The IABC fellows who comprise what? Uh, I think 90, only 93 before the five of us this year were named. These are the the gentlemen and ladies whose names I used to read, whose sessions I used to attend at the world conferences. And these were people we would ask opinions and we would invite to be speakers. And I was really very honored uh, for um, the APAC chair, Zora, artist, to, to really tell me, I'd like to nominate you and my another friend in Canada, uh, Priya Bates, who also said, I think you should, you should be one of the fellows. And I said, well, I never, I, it, I said it was really going to be a, a very good thing for me. I mean, it's a dream come true, but I never really quite thought that I would be one one day. And so for me, it's, um, an, an honor. It's something that even moves me more to live it, to walk the talk, to contribute more, to look back with great thanks with the past for all the friends, colleagues, mentors in IABC and here in my career here in the Philippines. Appreciate what there is here today and really now with more years in the industry, be able to see more dimensions down the road. So I really think this is something that encourages, that is very humbling, that is something to cherish. And I wish it also for my other colleagues in the industry to one day also have that joy and honor of being an IABC fellow. I was also very touched that uh, there were other colleagues who, I've worked with in some of the volunteer committees as well as in the international board and in the region who also gave in their kind words and support. So I'm really very happy. I've, I've um, nominated someone in the past. So I guess this is like, uh, I guess if you give out good, somehow good comes back to you too. In a time when you sometimes least expect it. So I'm really very thankful, happy, and honored. Ritzy, I can hear there is a there is a emotion in your voice, a, a sincerity of what this means to you. 
let me ask this uh, question of you. At this stage in your career, as you have been inspired by others, as you now inspire others, as you've helped the IABC world grow, what inspires you as an IABC lifer? And uh, maybe that integrates also into what inspires you today about being a communication professional. First, I really wanted communication. When I had to choose what course I was going to take in college, it wasn't a very common course at that time. So in fact, I would get comments like, what in heavens are you going to do with that academic background and with that profession? Where does that profession go? And I realized along the way that communication is in everything. So in fact, the companies I have been with are not in advertising or communication. They're technical companies. The first one where I stayed for 30 years was is a technical company for electricity in the energy industry here. And the second one is a multinational involved in manufacturing and construction solutions. So these are things that you don't you don't think communication should be in. And uh, what makes me uh, want enthused about communication? Um, I think it's the whole value chain. And I say this now after years in the industry, perhaps, and I keep telling those new in the industry and even my students in college, I would say some of the things that perhaps mentors or people who have been in industry for some time are saying may not make sense to you right now, but give yourself time. And many years down the road, you will begin to appreciate and understand and see the whole value chain. That's what I call it, the value chain from, say, the choices you make, from the learnings you have in college or in university or in whatever trainings you've had, plus uh, being a new person in the industry where you have to master the tools of the trade, where you have to be guided and mentored, moving on to now taking on leadership roles, which is transitioning from uh, technical communication um, skills, now upscaling to being a leader, and then finally becoming someone who could intern mentor and give advice and lead perhaps in more complex organizations. So there, for me, there's a whole value chain that goes into it. And what keeps me going is because communication is never boring. Uh, the learning never stops, but one has to be open to the learning and one has to not be opinionated about things. Uh, you have to roll with the punches, learn your lessons, um, cumulative learning along the way, pick up the lessons along the way. Uh, some Sometimes there are difficult times, but embrace it, learn the lesson, because for the next thing that comes along, then you'll be uh, strengthened already for that. Um, I also like working with people a lot. 
I like working with different generations a lot. I'm very comfortable dealing with um, those who have come before me in the industry. For me, it's a giving back. I also like working with uh, students because then they're the next generation. Uh, then I also like working with millennials. My children are millennials and to date, I learn a lot from them. They keep me grounded. My husband is not in communication. He's a, he's a dentist by profession, but he keeps me grounded. Um, but the common thing that he and I share are uh, organizing and managing events So and uh, performing. I think it's also important that you know your roots. And from whatever it is you learn as you live your life, you pick up skills and pick it up and bring it with you all the way. Then you just keep adding and adding to your arsenal of knowledge and skills so that later on, as more complex things come uh, in your life, because you're now taking on more responsibilities, you will be able to dig deep into this this, uh, chest of learning that you've had along the way. And you'll just see the dimensions. And I even used to tell this to my students as well. I'd say, um, you'll just wake up one day, many years down the road, and you will probably see the same problem that presented itself years ago. And because you have acquired certain depth and breadth already of experience, you will be able to immediately see dimensions you've never seen before. And it's a gift. It's a, it's a gift that we have in our profession. So keep Swan on your toes, and it's always a great learning. I, I, I sometimes joke and say you're never going to get old in this industry. <laughs> keep Swan really enthused totally. Yeah. Oh, you, you've just looked at our industry with such a magical sense. Um from the words that you've just said, I'm feeling very romantic about what uh, we do and how we help people and the difference that we make and the importance of always be willing to learn and and take mentorship from anybody. It doesn't have to be someone older. It can be someone younger. Mm-hmm. That's right. It can be someone with different experiences than you. Um Unfortunately, Ritzy, the time has beaten us, mm-hmm. but uh, I would like to give people the opportunity to connect with you, if that's okay with you. Yes, it is. How could they do that? Well, um, I'm on LinkedIn, um, also on Messenger, Viber. They could message me privately and I can probably share with them my email address as well. Um, it's always great to connect, so I'll be very happy to to have conversations with anyone of any age and of any year, number of years in the profession. It'll be great. Ritzy, thank you so much for joining me here. It's been a true honor. Thank you very much, Dan. And uh, uh, thank you so much for this opportunity to share and to converse. And um, well, it's a great time in our profession. So for those who are still Wondering, should I get into communication or not? Well, it's worth it. If it's your calling, it's your calling. If it's your purpose admission, it shall be that. And uh, so I guess this is Ritzy Villarico Ronquillo 
from the Philippines saying thank you very much and mabuhay. If you like this program, please share it with friends and colleagues. Also, take some time to go back through the other episodes as we have so many great stories throughout the past two seasons. And if you feel so inclined, please do rate this podcast with five stars on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you're using to listen to this episode. Music is from Joachim Karud and Ixon. And this is an IABC production.